The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. 3 Brady Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Tack. And with me, as always, is the other host of the show, Jimmy Klein. Hello! 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 And on this podcast, we celebrate the iconic TV show, The Brady Bunch, as we break down the bunch one episode at a time. What we do, Jimmy, is you know. We oh, take yeah. the episode. Yep. We break it down. Yep. We write a report all about it because it's our hero. Mm-hmm. Only to find out it'll shoot us in the back for some really nice purses. All for you, the listener. Well, yeah, we do the same thing every week. <laughs> On today's episode, we take a look at Season 4, Episode 17, entitled Bobby's Hero. If you haven't watched the episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might be a a lot more funny if you do. The Brady Bunch is available to stream on Hulu, CBS All Access, Paramount Plus, and... Amazon Prime! Whoo! Whoo, that so. was a good one. That, I, felt, I felt that in my big toe. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> your big toe. Yes. So how was your week? It was fine as wine, kind of chatty, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I was just sitting here thinking I couldn't remember it at all. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> shit, I better ask him. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, man. What about yours? Oh, uh, it was. Nothing exciting, which I guess is good. Um, I'm okay yeah. with that. Like, nothing exciting happening. Yeah, that's true. I'm totally... Some people are like, ah, it sounds boring. No, it's better than what could be worse. <laughs> so, you know, right off the bat, I got to say, Jenny would be proud of me. Jenny this would, weekend. For, Jenny would be proud of me. Why? What'd you do? I went to a football game. A foosball game. I did. I did. It was um, two high schools. My, my nephew plays for a high school up in North Florida. They came down to play Cocoa Beach High School, and I went to the game to support them. I was an athletic supporter this weekend. <laughs> yeah. They can't support athletics. Well, that's what or they no, call that, right? It's an athletic supporter. That's what they call it. You can that. be an athletic supporter. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm an, I, this morning, I was an athletic supporter. I was a pretty big athletic supporter, too. Just saying. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but it was pretty big. <laughs> I've always <laughs> been just a little bit of one, you know, just yeah, a little yeah. athletic supporter. You know, it's all right. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, my nephew's team won. So that's kind of cool. Oh, good. Congrats. I don't know a whole lot, lot about runs. Well, I don't know how a whole lot of foot, about football, obviously, yeah. but the final score was, I think, 56 to nothing. What? Yeah. Holy the shit. first, the first quarter, it was 40 to nothing at the end of the first <laughs> oh, quarter. Damn. Holy shit. The team that they were playing against, they were, um, Zero and eight. They were 0 and eight. <laughs> so, wow. yeah. That's like, uh, you ever watch like <laughs> soccer games? Soccer games can go on for like hours and the score is like one to zero. You know, Exactly. Like, <laughs> That's why I don't watch soccer. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody yeah. ever score in this game? Yeah. But like the very first, they call it a punt. And I'm not trying to be funny on this. Do they call it a punt return? Is that what it's called? I don't know what you're about to tell me. 
Well, no, in football, when like when they when they all line up and they kick the ball and the other guy catches it, tries to run it back, right, at the right, very beginning right. of the game. Okay. Well, like right off the bat, he got a touchdown. <laughs> like the first, <laughs> like the first, first play of the game, like first the first play of the game. game. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And I was like, this probably isn't a good thing. So. <laughs> At one point, they intercepted it and ran it for a touchdown. It's like Jesus! It's, oh my God! It's that's yeah, it's, it is. Yeah. So during halftime, they're like, "You guys just want to quit?" Or <laughs> I left at halftime because it started raining really bad. So hmm. like, it was me and my wife and my three kids, <laughs> and it starts raining and everybody starts busting out ponchos and we're just kind of looking at each other like, "Shit!" I guess they go to these things a lot because we didn't think of that. And um, so by the time <laughs> we got back to the car, it, we're all drenched. Cause it was in the rain and it was like, hmm. now keep in mind, this is Florida people. So don't be chuckling, but it was like 68 degrees outside yeah. and it was pouring. So like here, that's kind of yeah. cold. And yeah. we got back to the car and all of us are just cracking up all five of us. Cause we're like, this is so stupid. Like we're not even into football. And here we are drenched running back to the car in the rain <laughs> because we went <laughs> to a football game that we probably had no business being at in the first place. But, um, <laughs> But what's funny about it is all of us surprisingly had fun. We're like, this was actually wasn't that bad. That's so. cool. Well, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember going to the football games in high school. Uh, we didn't really do much. Well, that was of different. You went there to go see yeah. your friends. Yeah, yeah. You went there and like walked around and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, chit chatted with people, hung out under the bleachers because that's where the cool people are. Yeah, that's also and, where uh, Pennywise hangs yeah. out. So be careful. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, anywho, so this episode is all about heroes. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have a hero growing up or somebody you looked up to, whether it's a famous person or maybe a family member? I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, a hero lies in Utah, so like I was my own hero. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> Thank honestly, you, Mariah Carey. <laughs> <laughs> not really. I mean, I mean the, the idea of a hero is kind of... It's subject to interpretation, I guess. Um, like some people would consider like Superman or Batman a hero. Like that's their hero or whatever. Um, that's a superhero. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't really think I had one. I mean, I had bro- a brother that went over to Desert Storm. So I guess you could kind of think like, you know, that was, but not yeah. not that I can think of. No. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. Same kind of thing. I was trying to think of that because I wrote the question in and I was like, I don't even know if I would have, I would have an answer for this. And I'm so glad I added it into our podcast. Um, <laughs> but, um, there was a time when Jenny would also be proud of me. There was a time where I was like into football and, um, this was like back in the eighties, early nineties. Um, and you know, like Chicago bears were like my team, you know, just only because that's what my family was always rooting for. Mm-hmm. And back in the eighties and stuff, you know, especially with 85 when they won like the super bowl at their All biggest right. prime where they had like Jim McMahon as like the quarterback. And like back then I was kind of a Jim McMahon fan. Would I call him a hero though? Eh, probably not. <laughs> but I remember looking first person I looked up to once I got like in the high school or even like later middle school. And then really in the high school, I started getting into like a lot of like metal and music and stuff like that. So there's a lot of mm-hmm. like musicians that I guess I never would thought to say heroes of mine but but i mean there's people like that metallica I w- as an example i grew up listening to metallica james hetfield i guess you, looking back yeah and i still kind of admire the guy even today so well see do you differentiate between a hero and somebody you idolize 
I don't know. I guess like in my opinion, like a hero is somebody that changes your life. Like you see this person or you learn about it and you're like, Oh my God, I know my life's purpose now. Kind of thing. that to me, that's the idea of a hero. No. Otherwise well, yeah, it's just I somebody you idolize. Probably like, push that to James Hetfield if I had to pick one. Yeah. yeah. Like if I, I feel like I have to say like probably my dad and my brother. Because my dad was, uh, (laughs) yeah. Well, just because my dad was a Navy SEAL in the Korean War, and my brother was over a Desert Storm in the 101st Airborne, so I guess I have to say them. But that makes that makes me sound like an asshole. (laughs) Well, I guess I have to say it. (laughs) I have to. (laughs) No, that's true. I I mean, I grew up hearing the stories, so or knowing about it rather. So I I can't really say it was life changing or anything. That that sounds so mean, but you, you know what I mean. I mean, were they heroic? Absolutely, for sure. But were they my personal heroes? I don't know. I mean, I guess my dad was for battling cancer, I guess. But Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question, then. Hmm. Are you anybody's hero tech? <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me neither. Yeah, I'm probably not either. <laughs> All right. So this is where we take our first break. And when we come back... We're really going to get into this. And I yes. do remember seeing this one as a kid. And I, I remember oh, this episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't remember seeing this one as a kid at all. I remember seeing the alien one, like the UFO one. And oh, I remember yeah, yeah, seeing yeah. her when she broke her nose. But that's it. That's yeah. it. Oh, well. All right. So we will be back. Okay. Hey, movie fans! Have you ever wanted just one more adventure from your favorite film heroes? Ever imagined an alternate entry in your favorite movie franchise that didn't suck? Then Sequel Quest is the podcast to make your wildest cinematic fantasies come true. Every episode, Adam, Jeff, and Jeremy pitch imaginary sequels, prequels, and reboots to your favorite movie franchises like E.T. the Extraterrestrial, cult classics like Surf Ninjas and the Monster Squad, famous flops like Jupiter Ascending, how about a third Tim Burton Batman film or getting back on the ice with the Mighty Ducks? With over 100 episodes in our archives, you'll definitely find a favorite as the SQ crew reminisce about the films and find creative, cool, and wacky ways to continue the fun on the silver screen. Sequel Quest is presented by the Retro Network and can be found on any of your favorite podcast apps. Just search Sequel Quest and prepare yourselves for fake movie fun at its finest. And we are back. Man, that was like, what was that? Like a, like a, like a, a, like a somersault with a twist or something. Twisty, you did yeah. some kind of weird, but it looked like just your bottom half twisted and your top half like stayed the same. It was really mm-hmm. strange. I call it the white tornado. <laughs> okay. Why do you call it that? Well, I I, when I, when I do it, I call it the single blade propeller. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. All right. All right. Got weird. But also I just wanted to reiterate real quick. <laughs> Because I feel like I sounded like an asshole in the and before, like okay, I I have huge admiration for military and TAC knows <laughs> this too. Like I wasn't in the military, TAC was, but I have a lot of admiration for people in the military. I just don't know that I would call it my own personal hero. Like I, I don't know. 
I don't but Jimmy, know. they were they were America's heroes. So exactly. So that's not there my own go. personal hero. <laughs> no, it didn't have to be. <laughs> like if Superman came down to save me, he would be my personal hero. <laughs> right. But if Superman saved the entire world from a huge meteor that was going to hit it and destroy it, he's mm-hmm. not my personal hero for that. <laughs> Some See people I mean? would say maybe Jesus is their personal. <laughs> that's right. That's true. <laughs> But he saved the whole world. He didn't save just you. So exactly, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So you get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. <laughs> All right. So let's get back into this. So we got season four, episode seventeen, entitled "Bobby's Hero." Yes. So facts about the episode first aired on February second, nineteen seventy three, written by Michael Morris and directed by <laughs> Leslie H. Martinson. Is, I wonder if this is the only episode Michael Morris directed. I don't know. I don't remember seeing his name hmm. much before. I don't either. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. But anyway, we got a few interesting facts here according to IMDb. The part of Jesse James in Bobby's dream sequence was played by Gordon Duvall, who was the son of legendary composer Frank Duvall, who hmm. wrote the music for The Brady Bunch, as well nice. as... Other such notable TV themes as My Three Sons and Family Affair. I wonder if so, he's any relation to Shelley Duvall. Well, I don't think it's. Oh, no, that's Duvall. <laughs> yeah. Okay, never mind. Sorry. Um, now, when they're saying music for Brady Bunch, I assume that they're talking about like the in and out music. Like, anyway. Because everybody okay. knows that Alan Thicke wrote the theme song to everything. Duh. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Also, in the episode, Burt Mustin plays a man whose father was murdered by Western outlaw Jesse James. In real life, Mustin was born two years after the death of Jesse James. So he wasn't even old enough. Mm-mm. I wish he wasn't a liar. Mm-hmm. Also, this episode contained the only scene of the series where the Bradys say grace at the dinner table. I noticed that. That scene mm. came on. I'm like, what is this? Like, what in the world? <laughs> kind of weird. <clears throat> this one's kind of interesting. It says, according to Barry Williams's book, Growing Up Brady, the deaths, quote, deaths of the family members on the train are cartoonish with no real gun sounds. Just the actor saying, bang, bang. Right. That was to prevent the scene from scaring the young audience that watched the show every week. However, if you watch Mike Lukenland's face, he looks genuinely horrified. Sherwood Schwartz had taken Lukenland aside and told him to picture his own family really being shot and dying. Afterwards, Schwartz pulled him aside again for a, quote, debriefing <laughs> so he wouldn't <laughs> be traumatized. <laughs> well, that's cool. You know, I, I was going to bring this up in the scene, but I'll bring it up now. Um, I thought that scene was good. <laughs> yeah. No, that was more to that. Um, my five-year-old, <laughs> my five-year-old, he likes the show, but he doesn't have the attention span to sit and watch it, but he'll come yeah. out at certain parts, parts of it. And it, when this came on, he, for some reason heard it and came out and it legit scared him. He almost started crying watching this. Oh, wow. <laughs> so if it would have been real gun sounds on a real set with mm-hmm. real dying, he probably would have started crying, like full out crying. Like this scene <laughs> wow. kind of scared him. So, wow, man. Okay, you ready to get into it? I am ready to get into this. All right. I want to. I want to get in that. I want to. I want <laughs> to hit that. that. I want. I want to be in that. That, that sounds like me and you in high school. <laughs> 
All right, so we fade in. Yes. Scene one. Our story opens up with Alice working in the kitchen and Carol, quote, helping. Mm -hmm. They place a pot of coffee, two cups, and two sandwiches on a platter. Once all together, Carol picks up the tray and walks it out of the kitchen and into the den. So, (laughs) yeah, I love how Alice prepares it. And then Carol fucking takes credit for it and walks out <laughs> with it. Like, you didn't prepare that shit. Alice, let Alice take credit for it. Go sit your ass in the room and wait and let Alice bring it in so she gets credit for it. Why should Mike say thanks, honey, when it's really thanks Alice? Alice is the one that did it. What did Carol do? Wash the lettuce? I don't know. Well, it'd be funny if, like, if Alice was like, no, you go in there. I'll bring it to you. And she's like, okay. And then when she's in there, Alice brings in the tray and, and then, you know, Mike's like, thanks Alice. And Alice sits down, no problem. And leaves the room. And Carol is like, you know, I put this together, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, Carol would be like, you know, I told her to do that, right? <laughs> I, I, I ordered her to, her to do that. Yeah. I am the one to actually put the cups on the tray and I made, yeah. I made one of the sandwiches. So, yeah. just so, so yeah, you know, when I saw her walk away with it, I'm like, you bitch. Like, you're 100% <laughs> taking credit for that shit. And you didn't even do it. <laughs> Run off the bat. Carol's making me irritated. So that's okay. <laughs> Scene two. Carol enters into the den, carrying the tray, and sets it on a small table next to Mike as he's working hard at his drafting table. Mike looks over and says, oh, hi, honey. I didn't hear you come in. Carol says, well, I didn't want to disturb a genius at work, so I guess I'm not bothering you, huh? Oh. Ha, that's that's funny, Carol. That's funny. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> Mike looks over at his wife and says, with much sarcasm, thank you. Carol giggles and asks, hey, how's the speech coming? Mike says, I didn't realize it was going to be this much research. Carol, obviously bored and has nothing better to do, asks, what's it going to be about? (laughs) Mike sighs, takes the cup of coffee Carol has just poured for him and says, the use of ancient architecture in modern buildings. Carol sarcastically says, oh, that ought to turn him on. (laughs) She's so stupid. (laughs) So apparently she knows speech is not too. Did you know that? (laughs) Well, I mean, I would think like, I mean... To a room full of architects? Yeah, that exactly. would probably Thank you. be interesting. <laughs> yeah, she's he's not doing this for like a PTA meeting or for like a group of middle school kids. <laughs> I was like, hey, what are you going to talk to a room full of architects about? Well, I'm going to talk about architecture and modern buildings and stuff. Yeah. Oh, that sounds boring. Well, you're not an architect, so... <laughs> Next time we have to do a meeting or a speech about cross stitching or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Needlepoint, I'll come to you. <laughs> Just then the phone rings. Carol reaches over and answers it. She says, Hello. Yes, this is Miss Brady. Oh, hello, Mr. Hillary. While listening, Carol has a worried look on her face. She continues, uh, Yes, my husband happens to be at home right now. As a matter of fact, Mike looks up in concern. Carol goes on. Yes, we can both come over. Yes. Okay, Mr. Hillary. We'll see you in a little while. Thank you. Bye. Carol hangs up the phone and Mike says, bad news. Carol says, he didn't say, 
But when the principal calls, is it ever good news? Hmm. Mike rolls his eyes. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> if he's in his den working, okay? Like let's yeah. let's let's say let's let's paint a picture. Let's say me and you live together, right? Hypothetical okay. situation. Me and you live together. Okay. You're in your office editing. Yeah. On what planet is would it be a good idea for me to bring in two cups and a coffee mug or a coffee pitcher and be like, hey, like you're trying to fucking work. Like what makes me think you have time to sit and have coffee with me? You're trying to get editing done, right? <laughs> yeah. So what makes her think that it. he has time to sit and drink coffee with him with her? He's trying to get a speech done. Like, why is there two cups of coffee? That's his lunch. Why is there two <laughs> cups of coffee on it? Like, you don't need to be in there. He's trying to get shit done. I see your point. So, like, the act of her bringing him food and drink, that's okay. But the yeah. fact that she brought hers in there also. Right, yeah. Like, he's trying to get shit done. He doesn't need you in there blabbing. And, and here's the thing, too. She's like, how's the speech coming along? Assuming, we assume she already knows all about it. And he's like, <laughs> right. oh, it's a little tough. And she goes what's it about like she had no clue <laughs> no <laughs> so yeah that, that kind of irritated me a bit um but also when the phone rings if you notice she actually says hello before she even has the phone up to her ear <laughs> it's like halfway like almost to her head she's like hello like what um <laughs> she needs to take from robert reed on how to talk on the phone she does for real because there was yeah. one point where Robert Reed made like a, like a worried face or whatever, and they shoot back to Carol, and she's yeah. covering the receiver with her hand, even though she didn't say anything to Mike. Maybe something was edited out. Maybe yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But I thought that was kind of weird. But also, yeah. I wrote down Detective Carol on the case. <laughs> she's like, but when the principal calls, is it ever good news? Dun, 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 dun. Like. <laughs> You're such a genius, Carol. Wow. Hmm. She's she's my hero type. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> yeah. Scene three. Back in the kitchen, Alice is putting together a shopping list. Just then, Mike and Carol pass through the kitchen, and Carol says, Alice, Mr. Brady and I have to go see the principal. Mike adds, we won't be gone long. And they exit. <laughs> Alice says, okay, Mr. Brady. Wait, principal? Which principal? Elementary school? Junior high? Senior high? Alice gets crazy eyes and says, I wonder which kid has done what to who and where. But it's too late. Her nosiness will just have to wait until they get back home. Curiosity is going to eat her alive. <laughs> I put down, my only note really about the scene is she is so nosy. Uh, it goes without <laughs> saying. But actually, in real life, that is uh, the... the the school that they're about to show is the Horace Mann School in Los Angeles. Just Horace Mann that. School? Yeah, apparently, yeah. Horace Mann. That? Apparently, that's a person. Oh, Horace. Horace Mann. That's what they used to call me in high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Not really. Geez. Not really. Yeah. Seahorse Mann. <laughs> Scene four. We're now in the principal's office. And Mr. Hillary begins reading a report. My hero by Robert Brady. My hero is a very famous man, just like Robin Hood and the three musketeers. 
He was a great American. And his name is Mr. Hillary takes off his glasses and looks right at Mike and Carol and says, Jesse James. Dun, dun, dun. Mike asks, Jesse James? Carol asks, the outlaw? Mr. Hillary continues, it disturbs me when impressionable children like Bobby read books and see movies that glorify men like Jesse James. Dun, dun, dun. Turn them into folk heroes. Jesse James. <laughs> I'm not going to keep doing it. Was a, damn it. <laughs> was a cruel and vicious killer. Carol looks at Mike and says, I'm really surprised to Bobby. Mr. Hillary goes on. Well, don't be Mrs. Brady. Look what's happening today. The press writes stories about gangsters and skyjackers. They make them seem very glamorous in the eyes of children. Mike says, today's criminals will probably be tomorrow's folk heroes. Carol adds, we'll certainly discuss this with Bobby, Mr. Hillary. Mr. Hillary says, good. Oh, Bobby's teacher might never have brought this composition to my attention if it hadn't been for this. Mr. Hillary reaches down and pulls out a toy revolver and shows it to Mike and Carol. <laughs> and just thought that it's, if it hadn't been for this, he pulls out again. <laughs> well, Mr. Hillary, well, I told you we talked to Bobby. <laughs> <sighs> Mike sighs, reaches over and takes it from Mr. Hillary and says, now he knows better than to bring a cap gun to school. Mr. Hillary adds, well, at recess, he was playing Jesse James. Pretending to hold up other kids. Well, it wasn't the first time, so I thought this was an area where the parents in the school ought to get together. Carol says, we really appreciate it, Mr. Hillary. Mike adds, well, we'll certainly have a talk with him. Although, I'm sure he doesn't intend to make a profession out of being an outlaw. Mike and Carol both awkwardly laugh. <laughs> Please tell me you noticed that white balance issue. <laughs> I noticed some issues, something like that, and a it, few times in this episode. Things there was one thing, it, it switched to the, the principal, and then it came back to Carol and Mike, and the white balance was way off. Like, way off. Like, something had hmm. happened with the camera kind of thing. Um, oh, I thought you meant because there was no black people in the episode. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> well, there was one black guy in this episode no. in the library, sitting in the background. Oh, okay. So I'm not colorblind. Still, the, tech. Balance, the white balance was way off, though. So, <laughs> um, so, so I don't understand something. They literally yeah. let the kids make a movie in the ghost town, which involved the kids getting like literally shooting each other, like holding each other up, yeah. um, because right. they found a stagecoach. Yeah. But when he does it at school, Carol and I act like they're like super concerned. Like this is a big problem. <laughs> like they were True. just, just earlier in the season, they were letting their kids film this. <laughs> like they were playing it and <laughs> right. letting their kids film it. And now it's a big problem because Bobby's doing it at school. Hmm. I, I don't, I don't know. True. I didn't think about that. That bothered me. But, um, but also <laughs> but robot Reed. Sorry. Um, Robert Reed has, I don't know if you caught this, but he's obviously had firearm training because when he grabs a revolver, he runs his finger on the side. He doesn't put his finger on the trigger. I just thought that was neat. <laughs> I always think it's cool when I notice stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Scene five. Next, we quickly cut to Bobby in the backyard, holding up a finger gun and is getting ready to finger bang Cindy. 
Uh, Pretending to be Jesse James. Dun, dun, dun. He says, one wrong move from anybody on this train and you get it. As the train is traveling down the tracks, Cindy is seated in a seat with her hands up. Bobby, while wearing a black cowboy hat, walks through very carefully with his finger gun pointing at all the passengers. Cindy playing along says, Please don't shoot me, Mr. James. <laughs> I thought you were going to be, please don't finger bang me, Mr. James. I thought that's what you were going to say. There's more, there's more of that later. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you Bobby, ruined that. <laughs> no. Bobby takes his hat off and says, just give me your money, lady. Cindy pretends to put money in the hat. Bobby, I mean, Jesse James, pulls it dun, out. Dun, dun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> pulls it out and puts it in his pockets and places the hat back on his head. Thank you, ma'am. Bobby then backs up while still threatening the rest of the invisible passengers to a great American finger blast. <laughs> he says, okay, now everybody stay in your seats till I jump off. <laughs> Jesse James. Dun, dun, dun. Then hurls himself off the moving train, landing next to the swing set. He rolls, places his hat back on his head, and happens to jump off right where his horse was tied up to a tree. Mm. An amazing and well-timed stunt by Bobby or Mr. James. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) He says, whoa, easy boy. He unties his trusty steed, mounts him, and rides off in the distance. Yeah. Just then, Cindy runs over to Bobby. Bobby says, hey, you're supposed to be on the train. Cindy says, no, I'm not. Now I'm the posse hunting you down. Bobby jumps back in Jesse and says, you'll never get me. Nobody gets Jesse James. Yeah. Jesse rides off into the house with the posse closely on his tail. You know what she should do? Just She should do exactly like Jesse James did to other people and finger blast him from behind. Finger banging from mine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I just reiterated this is the exact same storyline as the film they filmed with Greg's camera at the ghost town. Like, it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Except I went to train, he was a stagecoach. Exactly. Yeah. So, hmm. Scene six Jesse James dun, dun, dun. continues fleeing into the kitchen. Alice is trying to mop the floor as Jesse stops his horse on one side while Cindy says, Jesse James, you're under arrest. Jesse says, no way. You can't arrest me here. Cindy asks, why not? Jesse says, I just crossed the Rio Grande River, pointing to the floor. He continues, this is Mexico. Alice says, well, vamos, you caballeros. Because all of Mexico is going to get mopped up. Hmm. Cindy looks at Alice and says, well, I have to arrest him first. Jesse goes on. Forget it, deputy. Even a U.S. Marshal can't arrest you once you get into Mexico. Cindy, seemingly skeptical, asks, is that true, Alice? Alice thinks for a second and says, as El Presidente of Mexico, I give you permission to take this hombre prisoner. Jesse argues and says, you can't. You have to have extradition papers. All of a sudden, Mike's voice is heard off camera. I've got some. 
Jesse looks back and sees the long arm of the law. U.S. Marshal Mike, while holding Jesse James, dun, dun, dun. gun in his hand, says, and I'm extraditing you into my den right now. Bobby has a look mm. on his face like his days are numbered. The marshal's assistant adds, move it, Jesse. Jesse walks peacefully to the den with the marshal and his assistant follow close behind. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I thought for sure Bobby was going to bust his ass on that wet floor. Because <laughs> he came running in and just as she's mopping and he like leaps right over it. I could totally see him going and like falling on his butt. That would have been awesome. Mm. Uh, scene is that all in the den Bobby is looking over his paper he turned in and asked what's the matter I got a C plus that's not too bad Mike says Bobby it isn't the grade what we're interested in is how you happen to write it Bobby says I had to it was an assignment (laughs) Carol chimes in and says Bobby what we mean is why did you choose Jesse James dun, dun, dun. for your hero? Bobby says, well, I guess because he's famous. Mike, with a seriousness in his voice, says, Bobby, he was famous because he robbed and killed a whole lot of innocent people. Mm-hmm. Carol, also getting serious, says, Bobby, did you know that almost everything Jesse James did dun, was dun, against dun. the oh. law? <laughs> <laughs> Which, Sorry. by the way, <laughs> Carol's point, did you know everything you did was against the law? Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, no, is that like, what you don't understand. outlaw means, Carol? <laughs> you don't understand. Like, if the speed limit was 45, he went 47. Exactly. He did. Everything he did. He did. And I guarantee anytime he rode his horse, he didn't put his seatbelt on. <laughs> Bobby in defense says, my pal Jimmy wrote about Robin Hood. Yeah. Robin Hood was against the law. Nobody got mad at Jimmy. Jimmy gets everything he wants. Jimmy is always <laughs> right. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Carol says, oh, honey, we're not getting mad at you. We're just interested in why you chose to write about Jesse James. That's all. I thought you were going to do it. Mike oh, goes on. Dun, dun, dun. No, it's too little, too late. It's fine. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Right now, he may seem like a a very colorful Western character to you, but in actual fact, he was just a criminal. Now, that may be easier for you to understand when you get a little older. Bobby thinks for a moment and says, yeah, I guess you're right. I'll probably just grow out of it. Yeah. Hmm. But again, not to beat off a dead horse, but... I totally get him being confused. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I totally get him being confused as to why mm-hmm. he's being called in the room in the first place. Cause it, it kind of reminded me of that. And it's a little bit of a Jimmyism, but it kind of reminded me of that, that Dane cook sketch where he talks about anytime you talk about like how it'd be cool to have a pet monkey. And you got that one like asshole in the group that goes, no, you don't want a pet monkey. They throw their feces, <laughs> you know, that guy. Right. I feel like it's the same situation with this where he's just, he just likes the legend. You know what I mean? He's he's just a kid. He just likes Jesse Jameson, a cool guy. He rode horses and he held up trains and all this kind of stuff. And you have the parent, whoa, yeah. you know he was a robber. 
Right, but I mean, it ain't the old West anymore. You know, Jesse like, James will throw feces at you. Everything he does <laughs> against the law. It's like, why don't you lighten up and let the kid just enjoy what he enjoys? He's not really trying. It's not like he's trying to learn how to shoot people in the back. Like it's not what he's doing. He's just he's just having fun. He's you know I don't know. But then again, my kids play GTA. So yeah, I I actually agree with you. Like I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, like even Mike even said it. He's not looking to do anything against the law. You know, right. <clears throat> it's just a. I would probably like explain to him, be like, "Hey, look, this is who Jesse James actually was." But I get like your interest in it, but right. And I would just kind of let it go from there and see. You know, if it's like, you know, a few more years down the road and he starts getting more obsessed, you know, yeah, yeah. maybe it's time to step in. But I mean, yeah. are they going to also tell Bobby that, you know, George Washington most likely screwed his slaves? Are you going to tell him that too? <laughs> or if they want to be literal about everything, about everything everybody does wrong, then you got to go all the way, right? You can't pick and choose. Well, yeah, but you're not gonna t- can't tell Peter <laughs> that. <laughs> Peter may that's have true. an issue with his George yeah, Washington true. obsession. But <laughs> <laughs> Scene eight. Back in the kitchen, Alice is checking on dinner that apparently Carol was cooking and tells her, (laughs) you got about five more minutes, Mrs. Brady. As the camera zooms out, we see Marsha and Jan setting up the table in the kitchen as Carol reminds them not to forget the salad forks. The girls assure her that they won't. Just then, Mike walks in and says, ladies, could I have your attention for a moment? They all agree because, well, you know, what choice do they have? He is the man of the house. That's right. So they all stop what they're doing and walk over. Mike goes on. I've almost finished my speech for the convention. I wanted to kind of start out with a joke because I want to do something to get their attention. So could I try it on you? The ladies all agreed. Mike goes on. Okay. So I come in and I say, Mr. Chairman, ladies and gentlemen, fellow architects, honored guests. Before I launch into my subject for the evening, I would like to make a very important announcement about our progress in city planning. I hear that we have just torn down our freeway to make room for a slum. (laughs) Mike awkwardly laughs at his joke. Meanwhile, the ladies sit there with no response. Mike (laughs) looks around at them and says, that's the joke. Alice fake laughs at her boss. (laughs) At her boss's joke as to not, you know, get in trouble. The other ladies (laughs) in the room do not follow suit. Mike, now feeling awkward as hell, says, well, to architects, it might be funny. Carol, trying to make him feel better, says, oh, sure, honey. It's it's just that none of us are architects. Mike is now second guessing his joke. (laughs) I think it's just because they're women and they just don't. Yeah. They didn't get the joke. It's hard for them to like really understand it. You know, yeah. I personally thought it was really funny. Like I did, you yeah. know, because you thought so because you're a man. That's why. Right. Yeah. You know how they should. I thought it was sh- hilarious. He should have changed it like this. You should have said, I hear that we have just torn down a freeway to make room for that salad fork. <laughs> See, and then the girls would have laughed. See? Yeah. Yeah. yeah because they would have been like, oh, because okay. it's something they can relate to. Exactly. A salad yeah, fork. Yeah. You could also yeah. exchange it with sewing machine. Right. Um, yeah. Or I hear they're tearing down a freeway to make room for the color pink. <laughs> See, <that's, laughs> they would have laughed. Yeah. See, we so could be stand up comedians about this. Just, just do stand up comedy <laughs> for women. Um, yeah. They just didn't. It's because they're women. They just didn't understand. No, they don't. Um, 
<laughs> Did you notice Chad? Please tell me you noticed Chad's outfit. <laughs> no, you know I didn't. <laughs> her top made her look like she was up from the from the movie The Incredibles. <laughs> It was like the black and orange, like the outfits they have. That's what it looked like. Mm-hmm. I was like, look at Jane, look like she's from The Incredibles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but another thing, like, and I don't mean to pick on Carol, but <laughs> if you do, <laughs> why is Carol? Carol is making this face like she's hearing Martin Luther King speak. Like she, like this is some emotional shit she's hearing. Like she's making this face. And then two seconds later, she's making a face like she don't get the joke. But just why do you have that look on your face? This isn't an inspirational speech. It's a speech about the freeway being torn down for slump. Like that's stupid. Like I don't know. Um, but I love one really funny part in it. I don't know if you caught it, but when Alice starts laughing, there's a really quick. You have to be really quick, or you won't see it. Carol looks at Alice like the fuck are you laughing at? <laughs> You must not have caught that, but she gives Carol the, she gives Alice this look like the fuck are you laughing at? Like, it was just funny. Um, (laughs) um, and so, so this clarifies something super important that we, we've talked about in the last few episodes. We've done this clarifies something. Carol actually isn't an architect. So I just, that clarifies it right there. So, so she's not, yeah. So she's okay, not so an architect. Lay that one to rest. Okay. Yeah. Cause she was acting like it. She was acting like she was like, maybe that's what she did yeah. before, you know, she quit and, and lived off Mike. Yeah. Um, but she's no. always like over Mike's shoulder when he's doing yeah, like drafts yeah. and shit. And she's like, oh, that's yes. You nailed that. You fucking nailed yeah. it. She probably and thinks like, like, why like, what do you so mean? I don't people? like it. She probably like, thinking, why did, why were so many people architects in World War II? Like, why was everybody drafting? Like, no, Carol, that's not what that means. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Scene nine. It's dinner time. Even though the last scene had them setting the table in the kitchen, the braids <laughs> are actually all out in the formal dining room. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and the only time you'll see them saying grace. Mike says, and keep us ever mindful of thy bountiful blessings. Amen. <laughs> Just to stop you right there, their bountiful blessing was pizza. <laughs> what was it? I thought that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone at the table responds, Amen. Just then, a gun goes off. Oh, no. But it was just Bobby who has the oh. cap gun at the table. <sighs> Mike says, Bobby. Bobby says, I didn't mean to pull the trigger. Mike says, I've told you before, no toys at the table, and especially cap guns. Bobby says, I'm sorry, Dad. I won't play with it again. Mike adds, yeah, well, just to make sure, Mike reaches his hand out for Bobby Mm. to pass it down to him. Bobby hands the gun off to Greg as he hands it to Peter. Peter, for the first time in a couple weeks, pipes up and says, (laughs) you and that dumb Jesse James. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Jan asks, what about Jesse James? Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Greg says, Bobby wrote an English composition about him. He's his hero. Cindy says, I had to write about a hero once. Mine got an A. Marcia asks, who did you write about? Cindy says, Joan of Arc. She saw visions and she won battles and later she was made a saint. She was a great woman. Bobby says, that's okay for you. You've got a lot better chance of being a woman than I have. The boys (laughs) just laugh. 
Peter pipes up again and says, personally, I like George Washington. And everybody goes, oh, my God, I know. (laughs) (laughs) No, he says, I like George Washington. Now, there's a hero. Bobby says, fat chance I've got being a father of my country. Greg adds, Bobby, there are a lot of great heroes who are around right now. Take Wilt Chamberlain, for instance. Mike says, yeah, there's a great guy for you to follow. Bobby says, yeah, fat chance I've got being seven foot two and black and fuck hundreds of women. Greg just laughs. (laughs) I couldn't believe when Bobby buzzed out with in black. I'm like, what? (laughs) That was funny. I liked it. (laughs) Um, More random shit than I noticed. (laughs) Why do they have two sets of salt and pepper shakers when all they're eating is pizza? A lot of people put salt and pepper on pizza. Really? Oh, okay. I think it's just always on the table, though. Yeah, but why two sets of... (laughs) Because it's a long table, you know, one for down here and one for down here. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, I just wrote once again, Peter may have an obsession with uh, George Washington. Might have to keep an eye on that. (laughs) (laughs) It's got a crush on. (laughs) (laughs) Scene 10. Later in the den, Mike is practicing his speech when Bobby walks in. Bobby says, Dad, Mom. Could I ask a favor? Mike asks, what? Bobby goes on. Well, could I stay up just a little bit after my bedtime tonight? Carol asks, when Carol's Johnny on the spot with that too, she's like, what for? Bobby says, <laughs> you see, there's this really neat movie on television and I've never seen it. Is it okay? Carol asks, what's the picture? Bobby looking awkward says, well, it's called, you see, Mike asks, what is it called? Bobby says, Jesse James and the Vengeance Trail. Mike throws his hands up as he rolls his eyes. Carol says, Jesse James. Dun, dun, Mike, dun. <laughs> Mike turns to him and asks, Bobby, what have we been talking about? We've had enough Jesse James dun, dun, dun. around here and that's it. Bobby says, but dad, Carol chimes in, Bobby, you heard your father. That's it. Bobby sighs and says, oh, okay, and turns and walks out and shuts the door behind him. Mike looks at Carol and says, honey, Jesse James. Dun, dun, dun. Sorry. (laughs) Must have killed 45 people in that picture. Carol says, and that was before the credits. No shit, Carol. (laughs) Wouldn't be after the movie's over, dumbass. Sorry. No, Mike says, imagine Bobby watching a picture like that. Carol laughs and says, yeah, imagine the little baby would have nightmare. No, she didn't say <laughs> And continues doing needlepoint. <laughs> Mike thinks for a second, then looks up with a smile. Carol awkwardly looks up with a half smile at him as if she has no idea what he's thinking. Mike smiles and nods his head with a clever idea. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, okay. <clears throat> So, back then, the credits were at the beginning of movies. Oh, <laughs> that makes a lot of it sense. It used to be like a whole, like, eight minutes of nothing but credits in the beginning. See, me and, and Mike just thought about. Carol was stupid. So. <laughs> I thought the same thing, too. I was yeah. like, right, because credits are at the end. <laughs> the fuck are you talking about, Did you got to read the, the, what do they call it? Not the epilogue. Is it an epilogue? That's at the end? Preface? 
No, there's a epilogue. Anyways, um, yeah, you get what I mean. Um, an epilogue is at the end of a yeah, okay. thing. So maybe there was an epilogue at the end that said he killed 45 people after this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> In which case, you know, Carol could have been right. Um, I don't see what the big deal is. It's just a movie. You know what I mean? Well, like, I think the concern that it's just going to continue, you know, romanticizing how Jesse James with this quote folk hero instead of like, I don't know. Oh, but it's not like he's going to date him. Like, it's just, it's a movie. It's, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I guess I'm missing something. Yeah. All right. Scene 11. Later that night, Bobby is sitting in the family room watching Jesse James and the Vengeance Trail along with Mike and Carol. Bobby has his black cowboy hat on as he watches. Bobby says, thanks for letting me watch the show. Mike says, this is the one movie about Jesse James we thought it'd be a good idea for you to see. As the movie continues, Carol whispers to Mike, I think this is the scene where he robs the bank. <laughs> Mike agrees and says, he shoots all the customers in the back. The movie continues and shows Jesse James entering the bank with some robbing to do. <laughs> the scene then cuts to Jesse and his gang running out of the bank and onto their horses and they ride away. Bobby, wide-eyed, says, wow, Jesse didn't even use a gun. Carol, shocked, whispers to Mike, they skipped the whole incident. Mike, just as surprised, says, they edited it out. The movie continues and shows Jesse James right off over a hill. Mike whispers to Carol, they skipped another scene where they killed everybody. <laughs> Carol just shakes her head in disbelief. As the movie goes on, Carol whispers to Mike, I forgot what happens here. Mike says, well, I'm not sure I remember, but I think this is where he shoots the prospector in the back and then rides off with the daughter as a hostage. Mm. Carol agrees. The movie goes on and we see Jesse ride up to the prospector's house, <laughs> then leave with a girl and his horse. Bobby says, boy, isn't Jesse nice to give that girl a ride? <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking of other jokes there, but I to keep them up. Mike and Carol are completely dumbfounded. Carol motions for them to go have a chat in the kitchen. They both get up and leave. You know, I put it's funny, you know, how, how they left out those scenes. You know, yeah. much like certain episodes are left out from the Brady Bunch from Hulu, CBS All Access, Paramount Plus, and it was on Prime. So it's, I thought that was kind of you know fitting. It's like <laughs> funny true. now you know how it feels, Brady Bunch, because the same <laughs> thing right. happened to you. Huh. Yeah, it's like oh hey son, let me show you this really cool episode about Johnny Bravo. Right. Oh, we can't. They edit it out. That's right. What goes around comes around. The Brady Bunch. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Scene twelve in the kitchen. Carol says to Mike, "The network took out all the violence." Just when we're trying to prove a point, Jesse James will be even more of a hero to him now. Mike, while thinking, says, you know, you know, maybe Bobby had the answer to this himself. Carol asks, what do you mean? Mike says, you know, when he said he'd probably grow out of it. Carol says, yeah, maybe you've got a point. Let's just wait and see what happens. Back in the family room, Bobby continues to watch the movie in awe. 
The movie shows Jesse James riding off on a horse as fast as it will take him. Bobby, still wide-eyed and smiling, says, Wow, look at Jesse ride. Hmm. 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 You know, I was thinking about it. This seems like a very anti-violence episode. Yeah. Right? Considering this year, the year this came out, yeah. movie, the movies Westworld, Enter the Dragon, Magnum hmm. Force, which was a Dirty Harry movie, and The Exorcist yeah. came out. <laughs> And I was recently nice. watching a documentary that was talking about old school Hollywood and stuff. And they were saying that around this time, there was these, there were two different factions, if you want to call them that. You know, you had director, directors mm-hmm. like, you know, George Lucas and Ron Howard and people like that starting to come into the picture. But then you had the old school directors from old school Hollywood that wanted to keep everything all hunky dory and all corny and stuff. And I think this yeah. is, we're seeing that battle. I think we're seeing that anti violence mm. episode. That's what I think is happening. Oh, like it's probably like in the news a lot, talking about a lot of mm-hmm. too much violence in movies. Yeah, and that's what like. I think it is. Yeah, it's a hot topic because I thought yeah. it was weird. I'm like, it's it's not an anti-gun episode, which I mean, I could own, almost understand that. It's an anti-violence episode, yeah. but it didn't make any sense to me. Like, why would Hollywood put out an anti-violence episode when there's so much violence in movies that you're the, and that's just four movies. There's a probably a bunch more that came out the same year. Yeah. So. <sighs> hmm. Mm. Good points. Yeah. All right. So this is where we take our next break. So Bobby has an obsession with a vicious outlaw, Jesse James. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Will this lead to Bobby developing an interest into robbing and killing? Oh. Will this lead to a life of crime for the youngest Brady boy? Oh. Will Alice rule with a plastic glove as El Presidente of Mexico? Dun, dun, dun. No, wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't no, never mind. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> All right. Well, I have been Jimmy, and I've been Tack, and this has been a very pretty podcast. And we will see you on another sunshine day. Keep smoking. Ooh, well, that was fun. That was. That was another great show. Of course. Is that the phone ringing? Yeah. That, is that a thing? Like, I didn't know people could call in. <laughs> I don't know. Hello? <laughs> is this a very Brady podcast? Um, yes. Is this Santa? <laughs> yes, it is. And I need you boys to help this Christmas. My elves just can't think of any fun gifts for all the boys and girls. Well, Santa, have you heard of Fun.com? Well, I can't say that I have. Is that on that new interweb that all the kids are into nowadays? Can this help me and my elves save Christmas? Of course! It's easy, Santa. Just go click on the link in our show notes to get 20% off your entire order. Yeah, and when you see the Retro Network's 20% off banner, then just pick out what you want. It is so easy. Okay, I think my elves can help me with that part. But do they have things that the kids will enjoy? Well, I mean, they have things like ugly Christmas sweaters. But not just any ugly Christmas sweaters. Sweaters from things like A Christmas Story, Caddyshack, The Matrix, and Jimmy's favorite, Christmas Vacation. 
<laughs> yeah, and a lot more. Or accessories like Mandalorian sneakers, Cobra Kai socks, and Looney Tune backpacks. Oh, I do love that Cobra Kai. I mean, Mrs. Claus loves that Cobra Kai. And I do need some new sneakers. You know what I like? The Care Bear throw pillows and Power Rangers tiki mugs. And I got my dog a Batman dog bed. <laughs> oh, neat. I think this will do nicely. Wow, you two have been good boys this year. And it turns out you're very good at being Santa's helpers. Not only can I get my presents for all the boys and girls, but I can also finish my shopping for Mrs. Claus. She's difficult to buy for, you know. Well, look at that. Maybe I'll get her some candy cane stockings and one of those sexy reindeer costumes from Fun.com. Ooh la la. Santa. Fun.com. Beat the holiday rush and start saving now at your one-stop shop for holiday cheer. You know, yeah. this entire season, I've been really impressed at, at your skills when we go on break or coming back from break, rather. <laughs> right. But yeah. to, I mean, and, and it's one thing with you. I mean, some of the stuff you do, I see bouncing off the bed and stuff like that. You know, it's cool. You, you get kind of jaded to it after a while because you see it every break. But yeah, to do it yeah. while drinking a glass of water, not spill anything, that's incredible. <laughs> I've never seen anybody try that. So, so kudos. Centrifugal yeah. force. Exactly. Yeah. It's an action. Physics. It is. And all while, you know, holding yourself, that's <laughs> different. It's weird, but, you know, that's cool. Kudos. I thought you'd really have a problem with me doing it without pants on, but you seem to okay yeah. with it. Well, I can understand that, you know, like, keeps you balanced, you know? Well, I mean, I don't know about, I mean, it's not like a large, you know, weight or, let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I mean, you saw. Anyway, so I thought it'd be fun to, I brought a little 20 fun facts about nice. Jesse James. Dun, dun, dun. Wait a minute, is this Jesse James, the motorcycle builder that screwed over, uh, that screwed over uh, <laughs> Sandra, Sandra Bullock. Bullock and who frankly is an asshole and he should, you know, rot in a jail cell for doing that to our sweet Sandra Bullock? No, or are you talking about America's the sweetheart? Exactly. She's an American treasure. I think yeah. he was actually related to no, Jesse James. No, not that Jesse James. I think that Jesse James is related to this one. Just that Jesse James is so like, isn't it just me or did he always talk like Garth Algar? <laughs> I don't know. He's always like, Oh no. Like, he does build a bike and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and all his shit anyway. looks the same. Anyways. <laughs> and then when he like got sober and everything, he like, he tried, <laughs> I remember he was on, he was on uh, a season of, um, He's on The Apprentice one season with um, uh, what's that other guy that was that basketball player Rod Stewart? Uh, <laughs> yeah, the basketball player Rod Stewart. No, like he's big, like in the nineties, and he always had like pink hair and wore a dress and had oh, like a Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. Yeah. He's friends with uh, the two of them were Kimmy like on the or whatever his name show is. together. Yeah, and. Uh, during like when they're supposed to be working on stuff for projects, like Dennis mm -hmm. Robin kept leaving and going to the bar and like drinking down the street. And 
Jesse James kept having to go get him. Like, yo, we have stuff we got to work on. You know, it's like, you're just sitting over here drinking at the bar, you know? And so like during one of the boardroom meetings, Jesse James was like, I really think that like Robin has a drinking problem and I think we need to address it. It's not very professional. And <laughs> it's not so very professional to screw over Sandra Bullock either, but he didn't <laughs> see him on that shit, did he? Hmm. Nope. Huh. All right. Well, anyway. Carol should, should run off together. <laughs> Tangent. Hmm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I have 20 fun facts about, you know, Jesse James, the original. So number one, mm-hmm. Jesse James was the son of a preacher. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, Number two, his father, who was also a hemp farmer, mm-hmm. died from uh, cholera when Jesse was still just a kid. Oh, wow. Jesse's mother remarried shortly after. So was the guy that she remarried the, the preacher? What? Because you, you said he was the son of a preacher. Yeah, his dad, who was the preacher and hemp farmer, was killed. Oh, okay. Okay, that's what I meant. Cholera. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Number three, James' family lived in Missouri mm-hmm. and owned slaves and supported the Confederacy. Huh. Number four, during the Civil War, Union soldiers attacked the James farm, attempted to hang Jesse's stepfather. Oh, wow. But he survived and suffered mental damage due to it. Um, the Union soldiers even roughed up young Jesse. Uh, when Jesse was 16, he joined a Confederate guerrilla gang and would scalp unarmed Union soldiers. And those guerrillas just accepted him into their pack? <laughs> yeah, he was like Jane Goodall, yeah. So wait a minute, so I guess they killed off all these guerrillas like sometime during the Civil War? I didn't know we had guerrillas in the United States. <laughs> Number six. <laughs> Sorry, that's so stupid. <laughs> we have so American gorillas. <laughs> Number six, Jesse married his first cousin, what? Zerelda Mims, who was named after Jesse's mother. <laughs> Gross. What the fuck? <laughs> I know, wow. Right? Okay. <laughs> Number seven, Jesse's nickname was Dingus. <laughs> Why? And here's it, why. Okay. Here's okay. why. Jesse didn't like to curse, so when he shot off the tip of his finger while cleaning a gun, he said, "That's the dud dingus pistol I ever saw." See how I gave him like the other Jesse James voice. Hence the nickname because he said dingus pistol. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Number nine. Jesse James was said to have been shot in the chest twice. Wow. And survived. Yeah. Okay. Number 10, people used to say he was the, quote, Robin Hood of his time, but this is all false. (laughs) Okay. Um, Number 11, historians think that he may have had an eye condition that caused inflammation called blepharitis. Okay. Uh, Because people said, I guess he blinked a lot. (laughs) Number 12, he was killed by his own gun and by one of his own men in his own house. Robert Ford for the reward money. Uh, wow. Jesse James was 34. Hmm. Uh, Robert Ford was arrested and set to be hanged, but was pardoned by the governor. <laughs> hmm. So wait a minute. He was hung for killing somebody that they were wanting. I'm confused. <laughs> so there was a reward to kill this guy. He killed him and then they were going to hang him for it. 
Well, yeah. Well, I mean, he was part of his own gang, too. So, I mean, he, oh, oh, I number four was not necessarily a good guy. But, okay. yeah, he was hanged for killing Jesse James. So Okay. All right. I get it. But, actually, he wasn't. So, he was pardoned by the governor. Um, number 14, Robert Ford toured and did reenactment reenactments of what? the incident. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So this is how I killed Jesse James. He was standing over here fixing a picture on the wall and I came up behind him. Anyway. Wow, that's dark. <laughs> Number 15, Jesse James Jr. starred in two films playing himself in one and playing his father in another. Huh. Um, Number 16, in his life, he murdered at least 12 people, although he himself claimed to have murdered 17. Hmm. Number 17, James was originally buried at the James family farm, Mm -hmm. but was later moved to Mount Olivet Cemetery in 1902. Uh, Number 18, after James' death, there was much speculation if he'd faked his own death. Over the years, there were several men that even claimed they were (laughs) Jesse James. (laughs) Uh, Number 19, 1995, to finally put the rumors to rest, they exhumed his remains from Mount Olivet, Olivet Cemetery in Kearney, Missouri. After con- after conducting DNA testing, the researchers concluded that the human remains were most certainly those of Jesse James. Hmm. Um, and number 20, you can visit the Jesse James house where he was actually killed. The house has been purchased by the Pony Express Historical Association, and the house was moved three times since James was murdered in it. The house now resides in St. Joseph, Missouri. So here's a question for you. I had it actually towards the end, but I'm going to ask it now. Do you think in in modern day times, do you think Jesse James would be considered a serial killer or would he be considered a domestic terrorist? Um, because by definition, a, a serial killer is somebody that kills multiple people with a waiting period in between. So right. it's not like if you walked in, if you walked into a mall and killed like four people, you're not a serial killer. But if you walked right. into the mall four times over the series of a year and killed four separate people, then you, <laughs> then you're a serial killer. Well, usually a serial killer kind of implies there's like a connection, but there's not always a connection in serial hmm. killers. No, uh-uh. Sometimes it's random. Right. But but there's still like some sort of serialness to it. Um, I don't know. Um, that's a good question, though. I, I wouldn't consider him a serial killer. No, no, he was just a thief and a robber and just he just didn't give a fuck. He's kind of like, like Bonnie and Clyde. They were the same way. Hmm. I would consider him a domestic terrorist. Because part of his big thing was, I think the reason he, because it sounds like at some of his his robberies or some of the things, he would kill some people and not others. Well, he was doing that to scare people. So Mm -hmm. the next time he went to rob a train, everybody would just fucking give him stuff and not not try to fight him because there's rumors of him killing people. He also did it too for more notoriety. And because yeah. he loved the fucking press, he lo- he would write letters to the press saying, you know, like <laughs> bragging about shit or whatever. Or, you know, he he loved like reading the paper. He said even at robberies, he would hand out newspaper articles to some of the victims, like, "Hey, I'm featured in here. I'm featured in here." You know, wow. trying to like get more clout or something. Mm, well, he, was, yeah, he was kind of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Though. All right. It's interesting. So that's my 20 facts, 20 fun facts about Jesse James. That was cool. That was fun. Mm. It's a nice little tangent. 
<laughs> All right. So you ready to get back into it? I am ready to get back into this. All right. So when we left off, Bobby wrote an English composition about his hero as a class assignment. The school called and Mike and Carol to have a meeting about his paper. Because Bobby wrote that his hero was none other than the notorious gangster, Jesse James. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bobby still hung up on the fantasy version of Jesse versus the reality of the cold-blooded killer. Mike and Carol are on a quest to prove this to him. Or he may just grow out of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All right. Scene 13. The next day, Mike is in his den, searching around, looking for something. In frustration, he calls out, Carol! <laughs> Mike continues to look with no luck. He calls out again, Carol! <laughs> Carol finally comes running in top speed with an extremely worried look on her face. She says, I'm right here, honey. Mike says, I'm sorry, honey. Look, it's my speech. I put it right here last night. Now it's not here. Carol says, well, don't get too upset. We'll find it. Mike's, Mike says, hey, you think? No. <laughs> Mike says, I've been all over this house. Just then Peter walks in and says, Mom, Dad, I've come here to discuss a very delicate matter. <laughs> Mike frustrated says, what? Peter holds his hand out and says, my allowance. You forgot. Mike says, listen, I'll give you an extra dollar if you find the speech I lost. It's on paper just like this. Mike holds up some like yellow paper. I said, I didn't think they had yellow paper back then. I don't know why, mm. but I distinctly remember commercials in the 80s where it was like easier on the glare kind of thing. So I'm surprised they had it in the 70s. Yeah. Hmm. Peter smiles and says, hey, great. And begins to look at Mike's drafting table. Mike says, no, no, no. We'll look here. You go look around the house. Carol says, yeah, go pass the word on along to the rest of the kids. Peter smiles and asks, do I have to? <laughs> Mike, getting pissed, now says, yes. As Mike continues to look, Peter just stands there looking at him. Mike asks, what? Peter reminds him, my allowance? And he holds his hand out. Mike, frustrated, pulls out his wallet and hands him a few bills. Peter smiles, thanks him, and runs out of the room. Mike and Carol continue to look. Correction. Mike continues to look as Carol, quote, <laughs> helps him look in the same exact spot he's looking. Exactly, yes. Yeah, my, my note says, oh, gee, Carol, were you busy? The fuck? Like, why was she? What? I'm right here. Like, well, what What better do you have to do? Like, don't know you're right here bugging the yeah, shit out of me. Don't act like you're irritated. You were ready to have coffee with him the other day. Um, <laughs> so did any of the other kids get their allowance? I assume so. That's why he's like, you forgot mine, dick. Hmm. I remember one time, like quick story. I remember one time, like when I was a kid, I got probably the same amount Peter does. I got $2 a week, right? <laughs> For real. And this was before I met you. This was the one I lived up on regalia when I was in like third grade. And I decided that I was going to save my allowance for a long time. So I saved my allowance for 12 weeks. Right. Wow. And I got like $24. Kelly Damn. used to, Kelly used to blow her money every, every week that she got. So I had this $24. Kelly found out I had $24. And she's like, you have to give me half of that. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> this is my allowance. <laughs> so she went and told on me, right? Like that's something to tell on people about. And my mom's <laughs> like, you really should give her half of it. Like, why should I give her half my allowance? I saved this up. And my mom's like, well, because you have $24 and she doesn't. I'm like, right. 
but she's been able <laughs> to buy shit every every week for the last three months, and I haven't. So this <laughs> is mine. So my mom pushed the subject, so I went to the store and blew it. <laughs> <laughs> so that Kelly can't get any of it. You can have half of what I got left now. Here's the I, bu- I made sure I bought a bunch of shit she didn't like. That's how you take care of that. So <laughs> quick story. All right, scene fourteen. The search now continues, Tack. Mm. In the backyard, we see Marsha and Jan digging in the trash out back. <laughs> Cindy mm. runs up and asks, what are you doing? Marsha says, looking for something. Cindy's all like, can I look? And Jan's all, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Cindy asks, can I look too? Jan says, sure. Cindy then opens the lid to the conveniently placed third trash can in the room. As Cindy <laughs> continues to dig deep into the trash can that is apparently only filled with newspapers, hell, all three of them to be only filled with newspapers, she stops and asks, can I ask you something? Marsha asks, what? Cindy goes on, what am I looking for? Jan says, dad's <laughs> speech. There's a reward out for whoever finds it. One dollar. Oh, shit. Yeah, Cindy says, wow. And they all three continue to dig in the trash. But just then, Jesse James dun, dun, dun. walks up on them with his finger gun. <laughs> with a finger gun at the ready. <laughs> Sorry. I can, I can already see jokes on here, but I, they're probably not in here, but I see them. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Jesse James walks up on them with his finger gun ready to finger bang all three of them and says, all right, all you women to the rear of the bank. Marsha says, Bobby, would you leave us alone? You're not going to, you're not going to finger bang us in the rear. Are you? (laughs) Jesse continues. Nobody tells Jesse James to get lost. Which one of you ladies wants to get finger banged first? Cindy says, we're telling you, get lost. Jesse says, all right, I'll just rob me a different bank. Jesse slowly walks away from them, all while pointing and threatening a wicked finger blast. Marsha just rolls her eyes. Oh, man. We're so immature. (laughs) We're like 12-year-olds. Oh, God. Um... Hey, a 12-year-old mind is a horrible thing to waste. Exactly. <laughs> so, obviously, Peter didn't tell Cindy about this. And, obviously, nobody told Bobby either. Yeah, I thought about that, too. Like, Bobby's off playing Jesse James and trying to finger bang everybody. And, yeah, right. <laughs> they're all, like, trying to make money and shit. <laughs> <laughs> if I was Bobby, I'd be pissed. Like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean you guys are getting a dollar for this? Like, how come nobody told me about it? <laughs> a few minutes later, Greg and Peter are walking towards the front door closet. As Greg says, Dad could have stuck his speech in his pocket and forgot it. Peter says, for a dollar, it's worth a look. Mm-hmm. As they continue to look through all the jacket pockets, Jesse James dun, dun, dun. creeps up on them with his mighty finger gun. Jesse says, <laughs> okay, stick him up, both of you. Unless you want to get finger blasted. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) Greg and Peter both look back at him, roll their eyes, and continue to search all the pockets. Jesse goes on. Now that you've got the bank vault open, just empty it or I'll finger bang the both of you. (laughs) 
<laughs> Greg says, will you beat it? Oh, and Jesse says, maybe. If, <laughs> maybe after I finger bang you. I'll, I'll be- <laughs> no. No. Jesse says, hey, you're talking to Jesse James' partner. Peter says, knock it off. Jesse says, okay, into the bank vault, both the varmints. Greg looks at Peter and says, I've got a better idea. You get in the bank vault, Jesse. Greg and Peter both snatch up Jesse James and shove him into the bank vault mm. or the closet. Oh, <laughs> while Jesse tries to, to finger bang them both to no avail. Greg and Peter shut the closet door and hold it shut while Bobby screams out, Help! Let me out, Greg! Greg, stop! Greg and Peter just laugh as Greg says, Leave him in there for two hours. <laughs> Let's leave him in there till tomorrow. My God. It was just so specific. Leave him in there for two for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> anyway. anyway. Just then, Mike walks up and says, boys, Greg and Peter stop laughing, and Mike asks what's going on. Greg says, oh, the great Jesse James just got captured in there. Mike says, okay, the joke's over. Come on, split. Greg and Peter walk off, no longer holding the closet door shut as Bobby falls on the ground trying to push the closet door open. Bobby looks up at Mike as he pulls him to his feet. Mike, in a very clear tone, says, Now I want this to stop. Am I coming through loud and clear? Bobby says, But Dad, they locked me in. Mike interrupts, pulls him by the shirt to the living room and says, No buts. No more Jesse James. Dun, dun, dun. And that's an order. (laughs) I had to do it in the same time. Bobby in defeat says, Yes, sir. And walks off. Carol walks down the stairs and says, Mr. Chairman, fellow architects, and Mike Brady. Mike says, yes. Carol goes on, it gives me great pleasure to tell you that I found your speech. Mm. She hands it to him. Mike gasps with excitement and says, oh, great, honey. Where'd you find it? Carol says, it was in a very strange place. Mike asks, where? Carol says, in your briefcase. (laughs) Mike says, my (laughs) briefcase. Mike thinks for a second and says, oh, I put it in my briefcase when I was doing research at the library the other day. Oh, how dumb. (laughs) Oh, sweetheart, you are a lifesaver. Mike reaches down and gives her a big, passionate kiss. Carol says, is that all I get? Mike confused asks, what'd you expect? Carol says, a dollar, and holds her hand out. Mike laughs as he reaches into his wallet to give it to her. <laughs> so my first thing is two hours. Yeah, very specific. Holy shit. That's a long time to be stuck in a closet. Well, remember, they got to like lean against the door. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've obviously never seen Lady in White. You ever see that horror movie? No. Where the kid gets stuck in a, in a cloak room all night long. And uh-uh. then he sees like a, uh, it's like a residual haunting where this, where this guy killed this little kid and he, you know, buries the kid or whatever in the closet or whatever. <laughs> Kept saying it played over and over again. Well, no, what? I guess it plays every year when the, the anniversary of the murder happens. He it's and they lock him in there because <laughs> it's this legend and they lock him in there so he has to witness it and all this kind of stuff and he ends up solving the murder. Well anyway, spoiler alert. But it's got like Mona <laughs> from uh, who's the boss? Like she's in it. Mona. Yeah. Angela. Yeah she plays Jody. the uh, <laughs> she plays the ghost. Yeah. Anyways, um yeah. 
talk about a dirty floor. What the fuck? Like, please tell me you noticed how dirty that floor was. I did not notice. Holy shit. <laughs> well, I mean, Alice is only mopping Mexico. So it's obvious that they never intended on showing this floor on camera because <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I didn't see it. What was Mike like when Mike went into the living room and he shoes Bobby off? Yeah. He immediately almost starts laughing afterwards. He has a huge grin on his face afterwards. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what the fuck was so funny? Maybe he was laughing at his Greg and Peter locking him in the closet. <laughs> like, have you ever done that? Like, have you ever, like, your kids are being, like, I don't know, like, doing something dumb they shouldn't be, but you have to yell at them, but you also think it's kind of funny, too? Well, when Caitlin was little, yeah, because I would find myself saying things that I never thought I would say. You know, like, like when she was six months old, I had to get onto her about stealing pizza off of somebody's plate. <laughs> um, drawing on the walls with, what was it? She found something on the ground as a rock or something that made marks on the wall. And she decided to draw on the wall with it. Like, so I found myself saying, stop drawing on the raw wall with rocks. <laughs> you find yourself saying silly stuff, but yeah, yeah. I guess I can relate. Um, but the last thing is Carol's an idiot because like his briefcase isn't a strange place at all to find a speech. Like, I know she's so dumb. What the hell? Like, she's like, it's in the strangest spot. Well, no, that's his briefcase. Like, that's the exact spot it should exactly, be. Exactly. Yeah. Stupid girl. God. Silly goose. Why would she even check the briefcase anyway? I know. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, well. Scene 16. We're now at the local library. Mike is turning in his books to the librarian. Mike hands her her the stack and says, I'd like to check these books in, please. The librarian says, I hope they were helpful. Mike says, yes, they were. I finished my research. The librarian says, good. We're just delighted when our library can be useful. (laughs) Mike says. That was was an odd line. It was, yeah. Mike says, yeah, I was interested in finding some books on Jesse James. The librarian questions, Jesse James? Mike goes on. (laughs) I was waiting for her to go, the motorcycle builder or the outlaw? Um, Mike goes on. Yes, but I don't want novels. I'd rather have factual accounts of his life. He sounded like data from Star Trek when he was saying that. (laughs) The the librarian says, "Mm hmm. As a matter of fact, we have several good books on his life right over there. As she points to the section for Mike to find them by himself without helping him. (laughs) She's somewhere over in that area, but just in that corner over there somewhere. Yeah. Um, so, well, I'm kind of impressed that she knew, like, oh, yeah, there's a couple right over there. <laughs> yeah. Like, she knows that. Maybe librarians, they just know that kind of stuff, I guess. <laughs> I have that note, too. I, I put down, yeah, I put down, so apparently librarians memorize all the books that they have. <laughs> like, I guess. I mean, what? that's their job. I mean, have you ever, <laughs> have you ever tried to use the Dewey Decimal System? Yeah. Like, not when you were, like, in fifth grade. I mean, like, as an adult. No, they still have them. Yeah, it's all computerized. I know. But they still have the card catalog. They still have all that. I know. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. You still look it up online. Like, right. well, not online, but, you know, on the computers, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm looking for this book. Cool. Here it is. You just have to go to 300.56. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm like, what the fuck? fuck like i don't remember how to do that why do they do it like this still and i remember i had to go to the library and i was like 
I'm looking for this book. And she's like, yeah, there's the number. I'm like, I'm not in fifth grade anymore. I don't remember how to do the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> I didn't think this was still a thing anymore. It's just numerical and order. Like, but it's weird. Like, if you go to a bookstore, you know right where to find a book you're looking for. Right. Why didn't they just do libraries just like a bookstore? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, the library I went to, it's down here in, in West Melbourne. Like they still yeah. they have the computers, but they still have the physical card catalog, like where you can pull out the drawer and pull out the card and everything. Um, wow. But I also put I I swear I thought that was Mary Tyler Moore at first. I had to give a double oh. take. I'm like, is that Mary Tyler Moore? Like I'm like, no, that's not her. But God, it looks a lot like her. Holy crap! Yeah, I was actually gonna look her up and see who she was because she yeah. looked like she was somebody. Right, right. I didn't. All right, scene seventeen. Later that night, we see Mike doing some late night reading in bed. He reads a book entitled The Real Jesse James. Dun, dun, dun. After a moment, Carol wakes up and says, honey, can't we put the light out in the old bunkhouse? The cattle drive starts early in the morning. Mike, not really paying attention <laughs> to his wife, since she does this to him all the fucking time, just simply says, mm-hmm. Carol goes on. Honey, this cow hand needs a little shut eye. Poor Carol. <laughs> Mike says, you know, this is a very interesting book. It was written by a fellow whose father was killed by Jesse James. And it's got a whole lot of eyewitness accounts of the killings in here. <laughs> Carol says, hmm, maybe Bobby ought to read it and not you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so passive aggressive. Yeah, maybe you should let your son, who's actually into Jesse James, read it. <laughs> now Mike's all obsessed with Jesse James. Now. <laughs> Mike, Bobby, I was so wrong. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> There's another movie on tonight. Let's watch it. <laughs> Mike says, yeah, I got a better idea. On the flyleaf in the biography of the author, it says, when this book was written, he lived in Sundale. Kara asks, that's not far from here, is it? Mike says, right. <laughs> you don't know where we live? <laughs> so very good, Carol. <laughs> but hmm. I I thought this was interesting because it it kind of it kind of lets a little clue. It makes it eye opening how long ago the show really was put on. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's somebody alive. <laughs> That was alive when Jesse James, I mean, in their story, there's somebody alive that yeah. was alive when Jesse James was alive. Mm -hmm. Granted, he's ancient, he's old, but it's still impressive. <laughs> it's really impressive. Yeah. That's like, I, I came across this interview one time mm -hmm. on, I think, To Tell the Truth. And they had a guy on there. He was a really old man. He was like 90. But he was present when Lincoln got shot. And it was an actual video mm -hmm. interview with this guy. I'm like, What? Like they have an interview of somebody that saw Lincoln get shot. That's insane. So I just thought That's this crazy. was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Scene 18. The following day, the front doorbell rings. Mike exits his den and walks over to answer it. When he opens the door, an elderly man is standing outside. Mike asks, Mr. Collins. Mr. Collins says, yes, sir. That's me. Mike greets Mr. Collins and invites him in. Mr. Collins says, oh, I'm glad somebody read my book. I thought I was the only one who bought a copy. Mike's like, I didn't buy a copy. <laughs> so I wouldn't be about to buy that. Are you kidding? <laughs> That's fucked up. Mike says, no, it was a very interesting book. I thoroughly enjoyed reading it. 
I think you're going to be able to help us with our son, Bob. Colin says, you know, I've been thinking it over about what you told me on the phone. I feel sure I can straighten out that boy of yours. And then he pulls out his belt. No, um, that's what it sounded like. I, I, I can straighten him out. Calm down, buddy. Just then Carol walks up. Mike introduces her to Mr. Collins. Mike excuses himself to go get Bobby. Carol invites Mr. Collins to have a seat in the living room. Carol offers him a cup of coffee. Collins says, coffee? No, I still like mine boiled over an open fire and boiled until it's miserable. Carol just laughs. <laughs> Mike arrives downstairs with Bobby. Mike introduces the two of them. Mike says to Bobby, I think you're going to find this gentleman very interesting. Do you know his father actually knew Jesse James? Bobby lights up and asks, he did? Bobby sits next to Mr. Collins and says, wow, am I glad to meet you? Collins says, I hear Jesse's a hero of yours. Bobby proudly boasts, I wrote a whole composition about him for school. Collins boasts back, I wrote a whole book about Jesse James. Dun, dun, dun. Only he wasn't a hero to me. Bobby confused asks, he wasn't? Collins shakes his head and says, nope. Mr. Collins then states, Jesse James killed my father. Mm. Bobby seems struck by the news. He thinks for a moment and says, he did? Collins goes on, shot him in the back. That's how he usually shot him. Too cowardly to face them, I guess. Bobby says, I can't believe that, Mr. Collins. Carol says, he's telling you the truth, Bobby. Mr. Collins goes on. Son, you know legends. I know the facts. Mike chimes in and suggests, Mr. Collins, why don't you tell Bob about how it was with your father? Collins goes on. Well, I was just a little boy at the time. My father was riding a train to California. Jesse James held it up. Bobby asks, did they have a shootout? Mr. Collins says, well, it wasn't much of a shootout. My father with his face against the wall, his hands in the air, and not wearing a gun. Bobby asks, then why did Jesse James shoot him? Collins said, because that's the kind of man Jesse James was, a mean, dirty killer. Mike and Carol look at Bobby as to hope he's taking all this in. Mm. Collins goes on, my mother used to cry about it in her sleep. When I was old enough to understand, I used to have nightmares about it myself. Awful nightmares about the train robbery. Hmm. It's a heavy little scene. I didn't realize Jesse James was strong enough to hold up an entire train. That's amazing. <laughs> Sorry. He's um, such a legend. I almost threw that joke in there, but I was like, nah, this is an important scene. I'm not going to throw it in with a lame joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it is incredible. It, it, this is a testament to Mike and Carol as to the, the caliber of people that they can get into their house to help their kids' problems. <laughs> They've gotten so many celebrities That's amazing. so far. <laughs> not, not that they get a chance to meet them. They have celebrities come to their home. They do, yeah. I mean, talk about winning with parenting. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> well, you haven't had celebrities come over to your house and talk to your kids about an issue they've had? My my kids like have only met Davey celebrities. <laughs> my kids have only met celebrities when I paid a lot of money to meet them. <laughs> That's it. But Mike is friends with them. But did Michael J. Fox sit down with Caitlin and talk to her about 
no. some issues she's having at school. No, but the principal from Back to the Future asked her if she was a slacker. Well, there and you go. data from Star Trek, you know, talked to Jake about the importance of buying low-cut t-shirts on Amazon because they're only $5. Okay, okay. For, for we real. can do something with that. True story, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He even showed us. See, here's <laughs> one. <laughs> okay, bud. All right. Anyways. <laughs> Scene 19. It's night-night time once again in the Brady home. We see all three boys fast asleep in their beds, except Bobby, who's slow asleep. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby seems to be rolling around in his sleep. We move in closer to Bobby as he recalls what Mr. Collins had told him. Because that's the kind of man Jesse James was. A mean, dirty killer. A mean, dirty killer. A mean, dirty killer. Now, inside Bobby's dream, we see a train going down the tracks. Inside are all of the Brady clan. Everyone is dressed in old West clothing. Peter pipes up and says, isn't it great to be going to California? Cindy says, yeah. Jen says, I hear California is really beautiful. Marcia says, it sounds wonderful. Greg asks, how long before we get there? Mike says, oh, not long, son. With these new trains, it only takes 18 days to get to California. <laughs> Carol adds, and that's all the way from Arizona. <laughs> Did you, that was pretty funny. <laughs> but just outside, we see three men riding up on horseback to catch up with the train. They board the train. And all of a sudden, a man comes into the Brady car and yells out, hands up. Don't anybody move. It's the world famous Jesse James. Dun, dun, dun. The family all scream. I'll scream and put their <laughs> hands in the air. Bobby gets out of his seat and walks up to Jesse smiling and says, Jesse James. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I never thought I'd get to meet you. Jesse repeats to the Brady family. I said, hands up. Now everybody throw your purses and wallets in the aisle. Meanwhile, Bobby is just standing next to, next to Jesse James, That's a dun. watching him as he robs his family. Mike says, do as he says, everyone, and nobody gets shot. As the family are all throwing their purses and wallets, Bobby says, "Ah, Dad, he wouldn't shoot anybody. Jesse James dun, dun, dun. is a real great guy. He's my hero. I even wrote a composition about you and how you were such a great hero. Sorry, it only got a C+. Meanwhile, Jesse, not really listening to Bobby, picks up all the purses and wallets off the floor. Jesse says, all right, now, everybody, face the window with your backs to me. Bobby's still standing next to Jesse, asks, what do you want them to do that for, Jesse? Jesse says, why, so I can shoot them, of course. The girls start to scream. I'll scream. Bobby <laughs> says, but this is my family. That's my dad. Bang. Jesse bangs. Jesse finger bangs Mike. <laughs> Bang. Jesse bangs Carol. Bobby is freaking out at this point as Jesse continues to bang Alice and then Greg. The family are all screaming. Ah. Bang. Bang. Hiya. Jesse bangs Jan and then Marsha. Bobby cries out. You can't do that. No, please stop, Jesse. Stop. And then he continues to bang Alice some more. Then he banged her up against the wall. Jesse continues to bang everyone even multiple times. Bang, bang, bang. Please stop, Jesse. Stop. 
Bobby continues to cry out, but Jesse keeps on banging as he laughs. Bobby now rolling around in his bed yelling out, Jesse, don't. Please stop banging my family. Please stop. Don't shoot, Jesse. Stop. Greg hears this and wakes up. He jumps out of bed and runs over and wakes up his little brother. Bobby sits up from his nightmare. Peter peeks from the top bunk and asks, Bobby, what's the matter? Greg says, you must have been having a bad dream. Bobby says, it was awful. Peter says, tell us about it. Bobby sighs and says, it was the worst dream in the whole world. Mm. I love the hand-drawn set. I think that's awesome. It adds <laughs> to the cartooniness you know, of the, the dream sequence. Yeah. Um, it actually looked like it was cardboard. I don't know if it was, but it looked like it. But like I had said in the beginning, like this scene actually scared Luke. Like he was, he looked, he was on the verge of crying watching this. Wow. So I can't imagine what it'd be like <laughs> if they use actual gun sounds and stuff. And it was, and it wasn't cartoony. Right. I thought like, I thought the girl screaming didn't help the scene right. to yeah. be cartoonish. Cause yeah. they sound like they were lit. Cause we've heard like, like Cindy scream. She's yeah. got a great scream. She does. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, it sounds nightmarish. You know? It's like, <laughs> that's why. Uh, scene 20. Just in the next room over, Mike and Carol are sitting up in bed, apparently not hearing Bobby's scream in terror from his room. <laughs> Mike is going over his speech and says, well, I think I'm as ready as I'll ever be with this speech. Just then, a knock at the door. Mike tells him to enter. Bobby walks in carrying his cap gun and holsters. He walks slowly over to the bed and drops them down and says, I'm turning in my guns. Mike and Carol look at him. Bobby goes on. I don't want to see another gun again. Mike says, good man. I'm glad to hear it. Bobby says, you were right about Jesse James. Dun, dun, dun. He was a real bad guy. Carol asks, that talk with Mr. Collins really got through to you, huh? Bobby says, did it ever. Mike, looking concerned for his son, says, well... You just have to be more careful on who you pick as a hero. Hmm? Bobby says, yeah, next time, whoever it is, he's going to be a real good guy. Mike chuckles and smiles. <laughs> yeah. Um, I put down uh, anti-gun episode much like Jesus. And they're really <laughs> hammering that, that message in, aren't they? Uh, but also <laughs> Carol showing the side boom. What the hell? Was she? Yeah, she I had didn't like see a that. yeah. She had like a slit in the, in the middle of her nightgown, and you totally see side boob. Yeah, damn, I missed it. Yeah, right. Hmm. Oh well, you weren't on your game, man. I <laughs> know. Oh, well. Scene twenty one. <laughs> the next morning, Mike is running out the door for work. Carol is trailing beside him as she says, "Well, good luck on the speech, honey. I know it's going to be a hit." Mike says, "Oh, I hope so." I just wish I had a good joke to start off with. Carol says, hey, I know a joke that might fit. Mike says, yeah, but it's got to be about architects. Carol says, yeah, it is. It's about this architect who designed a building that had no doors in it at all. Mike says, no doors? How do you get in? Carol says, well, you just keep running around it and running around it until you're all in. Okay. She looks up at I was waiting for her laugh. She looks up at Mike and asks, get it? Mike just looks at her and says, Goodbye, honey. 
As he's leaving, Carol says, hey, wait a minute, you forgot to kiss me. Mike looks at her and says, that's right, and shuts the door. <laughs> Carol puts her hands on her hips in disbelief. But Carol, knowing her husband, puckers up anyway. And wouldn't you know it, Mike opens the door back up and they kiss. She wishes him good luck and he's out the door. Yeah, I don't get that joke at all. I don't know if it was like a like a roulette joke. Like, mm. is it like a gambling joke? Like, you run around and then you're all in. No idea. I didn't. I didn't get it either. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Um, I did put down. Wow, Carol's dress is so ugly. <laughs> you know, I didn't see it. So, yeah, of course not. <laughs> but I'm sure it was Jimmy. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so I do have a question though. So mm -hmm. like. He's off to work in the morning, right. and she's like, good luck with the speech. I thought the speech was at night, and why isn't Carol going? That's a good point, yeah. I don't know. Because he says, like, before we go into this topic this evening, it's part of his speech. Right, right. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. But that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> All right. <coughs> hmm. So, Jimmy... As you might be surprised, I have an email to read. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> oh, don't worry. All right. So this one is from Tina. Okay. And her subject says strawberry smell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> she says, hi, Tech and Jimmy. Hi. First of all. Of course, I want to say that I really do enjoy listening to you guys. Good. If I'm being honest, I wasn't sure with season one. Sorry if you, <laughs> you're tired of hearing that. But the two of you together is pretty perfect. Aw. I'm 34 and fell in love with the Brady Bunch during the old Nick at Night block party's summer lineup in the late 90s. Almost 11-year-old me had found a part of me that helped to develop my identity for the rest of my life. Mm. Lover of all things vintage, seamstress, and home ec teacher. Nice. Yeah. Which brings me to what I wanted to say most. A few weeks ago, my culinary students were making a strawberry sauce in class. Of course, I had <laughs> to go over to the pot and give it a whiff to see if it was really true. If they really don't have a smell while they're cooking. Now, I trust the great Robert Reed in his facts, but those berries definitely had a smell. Huh. <laughs> I don't know if it was due to being mixed with other ingredients that brought out the smell, but a smell was there. Hmm. Mysterious myth debunked. Very interesting. Mm. She goes on. <clears throat> Thanks for keeping me laughing. When I was a kid, I scoffed at anyone who dared make fun of my precious Brady's. Yeah, we, we've had a few people that write in like that. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, now I totally see the humor in it all. I'm always referring to my workplace as school <laughs> in my head because it's freaking hilarious. <laughs> I would love to be. Uh, oh, then she talks about how she wants to be a fan host on here for an episode. Mm. And she has one specifically named. Um so that'd be cool. Um, she wants to come on and be in, and help host the show. Yeah. Nice. Be a guest of some kind. And, you know, is she hot? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, she has a Johnny Bravo obsession, so she wants to come oh, back yeah, for the yeah. Johnny Bravo. That's cool. Or she wants to come on for the Johnny Bravo episode. Um, so I wrote back, and I called her, I, I told her, uh, thank you for your service. Oh, <laughs> yeah, being definitely. Yeah. teacher, so, you know, and especially in these, uh, quote, trying times, mm-hmm. so... She goes on talking about a, an embarrassing moment as a child. Do you want to hear that? Yeah, yeah. Is she okay <laughs> with us saying Like, sure, why not? Um, <laughs> she says, Oh, my embarrassing moments as a child watching the Brady's, and especially that episode and the other musical episodes, one which is coming up soon, are numerous. I would go back and forth between who I wanted to be more, Jan or Cindy. Okay. Never Marsha. I wasn't cool enough. <laughs> and I learned each of their exact dance moves. So she's referring to the keep on, keep yeah, on, yeah, yeah. keep on. Yeah. <laughs> I learned their exact dance moves for both episodes, all of their lines and did blocking in my basement and said the lines along with the episode. Tried to curl my, curl my hair like theirs. Wanted desperately for someone to sew me a Brady dance outfit Halloween costume. And they have pictures of Barry Williams on my wall. You name it. I say, I say video or it didn't happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> it probably won't come as to a surprise that I was heavily into theater in high school. So was I. Another so reason I. why I enjoy you guys so much. Yeah. <laughs> Never felt quite in place as a 90s kid. Yeah. Just wanted to be a bell-bottom wearing polyester shirt clad middle school middle child of the 70s. And she said, please don't read this email. What? No, I'm just kidding. And she said, please read my email. First name only. Take care and keep on grooving. Yeah, I can I can kind of relate to her because like I've alluded to in the past, like I three out of my four brothers I had to share a room with at one time or another. And they were listening to things like Led Zeppelin and and um, Pink Floyd and ACDC. And so that's what I grew up like all through elementary school. That's what I was listening to. And so, like, by the yeah. time I met you, like, I was listening to stuff like Queen and stuff. Like, that's all I knew. That's all the stuff I had listened to. So, um, yeah. so I, I, I get that. I get what she's saying. I totally get what she's mm-hmm. saying. That's cool, though. And you realize that, or I guess I should direct this to Tina. Tina, you realize that when you were born, that's about the time me and Tech were meeting. Huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I so, guess so she could yeah. she could be our love child. Like, she's old enough <laughs> is what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, that's weird. So she could hmm. she could call us both daddy. That's what I'm saying. I guess. Oh, okay. Anyways. Okay. You officially made this weird, and we're gonna move on. <laughs> but no, but that's cool though, because as soon as you said 34 years, I was like, wow, that's that's how long we've been friends. That's crazy. But yeah, yeah, that's. <laughs> well, Tina, we do appreciate your email, and we're obviously just kidding. Um, wait a minute. No, that sounded horrible. I'm not kidding about about appreciating your email. We're kidding about, you know what I'm saying? We do appreciate your email and thank you for sharing. And we'll definitely, we would love to have you on the show. That's awesome. Um, yeah. That's cool. Hell yeah. What, what is that? Is that episode in four or five? I think it's five. Five. Okay. So we got a little bit of time. I think. Yeah. Okay. We do. All right. So I do want to remind our listeners out there, we still have a contest going we on. We do, yes. And we've had tons of entries. And Really? That's awesome. Good. Each one is better than the one before. I'm telling you. Not That's to, great. I'm not going to start putting people in categories yet, but we're getting some really good ideas. Some really oh, original awesome. ideas, good. too. Yeah. Which are really cool. I didn't expect so many 
so many unique and really funny ideas. I wasn't expecting any oh, yeah. a, a whole lot of reaction from this at all because it was just one of those silly ideas we came with, up with <laughs> literally on the show one day. <laughs> it was literally while we were recording, we're like, this would be cool. So, <laughs> so in case you're listening to this going, what are you talking about? Yeah. So we just had our second anniversary of the show. Yes. And we decided we want to do a t-shirt contest. So basically what it is, is we're asking you, the listener, to come up with an idea for a t-shirt idea for the show. But Tack, what if they can't draw? They don't have to know how to draw. No? So all you have to do is literally just write down and go, hey, you should have like a circle and then a square underneath it. It says, go Brady, go or whatever. Okay. And then, yeah. Hmm. But what if they can't think of anything serious and inspiring? Then they don't send us a fucking email. (laughs) (laughs) No. So the rules are, it's got to be funny. Um, And we can't have any images from the show of any kind or any like, like images, you know? And so once we get your idea in and Jimmy and I will take a look and find out who the winner is, Mm -hmm. we will make the decision and who we like the best. And, um, if we like it and yours got picked to win as the winner, we will make that shirt for you and send it to you for free. Yes. And of course it'll be in our store as our late, our newest shirt. Mm-hmm. I really fumbled through that. But. I think it would be cool if we titled it. Like when you go onto the store, if we titled it like Jason's shirt or whatever, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah cool. we can do that. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. So all you gotta do is send an email to the show with the, with the subject of, second anniversary Mm t-shirt and then you can have multiple ideas it doesn't have to be just one idea i've gotten a couple emails with two or three ideas in there and they don't you don't necessarily have to send a separate email with every idea you can send one email with all the ideas on it Mm -hmm. so the contest is going on right now and it runs to november 21st by midnight eastern standard time and the winner will be announced on november 30th show very cool good luck that's awesome Mm mm-hmm Oh, yeah. I'm glad we're getting responses. That's cool. Oh, yeah. All right. So, you know, we had fun here today. Don't be offended. We do love the show. We're not racist or sexist. Not like Bobby is. We'd like to personally <laughs> thank our producers from Patreon because without you, this wouldn't be possible and it would be pointless. So we thank you guys. And of course, we're <laughs> we're talking about Ginny and Jim. They're the ones that got the ball rolling. But all of you guys are amazing and awesome. And uh, we appreciate it more than you even realize. Hell Yeah. All right, we got some homework assignments. First one is go check out the website at everybradypodcast.com. The second one, do a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchase, or CastBox, or wherever you download your podcast from. Tell two friends about the show, and if you don't like the show, tell your in-laws, as Jimmy would say. (laughs) Send an email to the show and tell us who you like or dislike the show, or send in your idea at everybradypodcast at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group and join in the conversation and the fun at a very Brady Facebook group. If you would like to be a producer, check out the Patreon at www.patreon.com slash a very Brady podcast. Check out our Instagram at a very Brady podcast. Follow us on Facebook and get real time updates. Check out the Retro Network at theretronetwork.com. Yes. Check out our T Public store for merch. Link is in the description of this episode. And we do have a lot of a few shirts on there, including one for the episode we just had last week, we do. which is about the silver platters. So be sure you look at that. And most importantly, go out there and watch the Brady Bunch. Yes. 
And Jimmy here is going to tell you about next week's episode. This is this is an obscure one. People may not remember this one. On the next episode, season mm. four, episode 18, the subject was noses. Marsha breaks a mm. date with Charlie when big man on campus, Doug Simpson, asks <laughs> her out. However, after she gets hit in the nose with a football, Doug Simpson breaks his breaks his date with her. Mm. Mm. Doug Simpson, big man on campus. Yeah, but that the audio in the opening is we got from that. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's from that episode. Cool. So unless you had anything else? Nope. I'm all set. In that case, I have been Jimmy. And I've been Tack. And this has been a very Brady Podcast. And we will see you on another sunshine day. Keep smoking. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.